chapter. Read a verse of scripture there, the 31st verse of Romans 8. To all of our guests, thank you for being a part of this, this wonderful service. And it has been. The Spirit of the Lord has moved. And I believe it's laid a foundation for a demonstration of the Holy Ghost. That's what I want to happen. I want the Word to go forth. And if there will be, it'll be up to you, but if there will be a response to the Word, there will be a result. Because there is always a result to a response to the Word of God. I thank God for the fact that when I step out in faith in a response to His Word, that He's not going to leave me hanging, but He's going to come through. That's what He wants to do for you today if you will respond to His Word. We're so glad that you're here. Next Sunday's Palm Sunday. Please be here. Invite somebody to come with you. Then Easter Sunday, two weeks from today, this building needs to be full of people that will come here hurting and hungry and leave healed, filled. That's what God's desire is. Let's make that ours and then let's do what is necessary to see that happen. Verse 31 of Romans chapter 8 says, What shall we then say to these things? The question is, what shall we then say to these things? Then we see the response. If God, somebody say if God. If God God be for us, who can be against us? So I came to preach on this Sunday morning, perhaps into the afternoon. Your answer is a question. Your answer is a question. I believe God has an answer for someone today. And I believe that answer is this. If God be for us, who can be against us? I believe anything can happen. I believe what you need to happen is going to happen today. Would you put your hands together and lift up a shout of praise and somebody with a word of faith say, today is my day. Somebody with a word of faith say, I'm going to get my miracle this morning. It's going to happen in this house. Somebody act like you believe that today and celebrate that your Savior is going to come through for you today. God, we serve you and you are well able. You are well able to do exactly what we need you to. I believe that you are here to do it. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I have asked questions before. And when I've asked questions, the intent of my question was to get an answer. Generally speaking, when you ask a question, you are looking for an answer. So if I were to say, what is 2 plus 2, I wouldn't expect of you to say, well, what's 1 plus 3? I would expect you to say, if I say, what's 2 plus 2, I would expect you to say, 4. That's right. That's the right answer. We find here in this passage, in the book of Romans, as Paul writes to the church and he declares these words, what then shall we say to these things? He 
is not speaking individually. He's speaking corporately for the church. I would say that it's safe to say today that there's no one here that everything is just a-okay in your world. That you have been floating on cloud nine all week long, not a care in the world. I believe it's probably safe to say that at best there's a few on cloud eight, but there's some that you're standing in the middle of a thunderstorm. I want somebody to know today, wherever you are, whatever you're going through that there is a God that is in this house to help you out of the hell that's happening in your home to deliver you from the difficulty of a dark day I want to remind you there is nothing too hard for God there is not a circumstance there is not a situation there is not something that you could come up with today that would stump our Savior. There's no way that you walk into the sanctuary and present your problem and Him say, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I can handle that one. God is not in heaven today a nervous pacing back and forth over the portals of heaven saying, oh, I'm a little, I'm a little worried today because I saw who showed up at first church and they just might have something that I can't handle. No, I believe what happened when we started singing, anything can happen, that the Spirit of the Lord came in and said, that's exactly what I want to do for you. I want to do anything that you need me to. We live in a world that has more questions than answers. We live in a society that has more questions than answers. There seems to be no absolute with our society. Everything is just kind of a gray area. We have to be careful how we answer questions because it might offend this group or it might offend that group. You know what I believe? The best thing to do is just always speak truth and you don't have to worry about anything else. If you'll just speak truth, you don't have to worry about offense because the word of God is forever settled in heaven. It doesn't change when the calendar rolls over to the next year. It was the same yesterday and it will be tomorrow as it is today. I thank God for a faithful God. I thank God that he is a God that does not change, but he is always ready, willing and able been in situations where people were ready and willing but they were not able they could not come through but never is there a circumstance or a situation where that our Savior cannot come through for you I wondered, I wondered what they felt like when they had been pursued by Pharaoh's army and had gotten to the place where something had to happen. They stood before the Red Sea. And as they stood and saw the raging sea, they looked behind them and they saw Pharaoh's army with the chariots and the horsemen. They were no competition for the army that was behind them. And they had no way to cross the great Red Sea that was before them. I wonder what was going through their mind as they saw that there was something that was certain to happen in the very near future unless 
God did a miracle. I wonder how many times have we been in a similar situation where we've stared into the face of the circumstance and seemingly there was no hope but hell that was before us and hell that was behind us and everywhere that we looked there did not seem to be an answer. It only looked like there was difficulty, demise, depression, oppression everything that could go wrong did go wrong and had go wrong had gone wrong but we then in that moment began to look up the bible says i will look to the hills from whence cometh my help my help cometh from the lord what are we going to say when we face an impossibility what are we i'm asking you today what are we going to do when we run out of options what are we going to do when we run out of ways that we can make it work i'll tell you what you need to do you need to look to the Lord, because if God be for us, I want you to know it doesn't matter who's against us. It doesn't matter what's in front of you. It doesn't matter what's behind you. If God is with you, I want to preach today. If God is with you, it doesn't matter who's before you or who's behind you or who surrounds you. If God be for us, who can be against us? Seems like to me, that's a question. If I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, there is a question mark at the conclusion of if God be for us, who can be against us? Asking the question, asking the question if God is for us, who could be against us? And although it's a question, it's an answer to our question What are we going to do? Is there anybody that's paid attention to anything that's happening in the news? And you have the question, what are we going to do? It's not getting better. Does anybody understand that it's not getting better? When I used to work at a gas station, there were only two numbers in the cost of gas. It was like, if it ever got to 99, whoo, wow. We were like... We were robbing people. That tells you how long ago I worked at a gas station. Back in the day, cigarettes cost more. They were a buck oh five. And gas was 99. So you could get a gallon of gas cheaper than you get a pack of cigarettes. I don't, I, I don't know what cigarettes cost today, but I would say that I know for sure I, I buy a lot of gas. So I know that gas costs more than 99 cents. Gas, the prices just keep going up. Has anybody observed that the cost of everything is going up? I don't even think Walmart advertises falling prices because none of their prices are falling anymore. It's not getting better. The news that we see, the reports that are coming in. In essence, we're standing there and we're seeing that problems are all about us. The problems that we are dealing with are much more challenging than they've ever been before. I want to encourage you, First Church, to understand that these precious youth that are sitting up here in the front, that they are dealing with things that you never dreamed of dealing with. They are facing circumstance and situation that we couldn't even have come up with in our mind. And before we 
are too critical of how they respond, let's remember that some of us are facing some things that we've never faced before. The world that we're living in creates crisis at an alarming rate. If it's not this, it's that. And then it becomes this, 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 and that. As if the pandemic's not enough, then it's war and it's earthquakes in diverse places. And there are so many things that are beginning to come to pass. What's amazing to me is when we start reading the headlines, it's like we've opened up the Word of God and started to see what was prophesied would happen so many years ago is actually coming to pass. That's why I cannot fathom that there are people that aren't here on this Sunday that desperately need to be in this house on this Sunday because this world is getting worse and it's about to wrap up. And I say today, if God be for us, who can be against us? That there is nothing that's going to save them out there. Only the presence of God with them will see them through the storm. And as the storm rages, it's not a time to jump out of the boat. It's a time to say, I'm staying safe and secure. The anchor holds. I wonder what they felt like when this giant of a man came from the camp of the Philistines and said, Send me a man. He towered over, over nine feet tall. He towered over everyone that would come against him. And that's why many of the children of Israel would retreat back into the safety of their camp. No one there wanted to go and face that giant that stood before them, mocking them, mocking him. He says, send me a man. I'll feed him to the fowl of the air the beast of the field. He was big and he was bad and he was a bully. How many of you know the world that we're living in? That Satan is a bully. See, we're going to tone it down here a little bit and we're going to talk real serious because do you know that there are kids I'm not talking about adults that are dealing with all the things that adults deal with, but there are kids that are contemplating that their life is not worth living. That means to me that somebody somewhere is a bully. There are young people, people the age of those that sit here in the front of First Church today that are making a decision that life is not worth living. I was awakened this morning, very early in the morning, with an horrific dream of someone that took their life in a horrible fashion. And I thought today that perhaps that was just to remind me that when I walk into the house of God on a Sunday, that there could very well be someone seated in that sanctuary that is considering the possibility of taking their own life. You say, oh my God, Pastor, why would you even say that? I want to say to you, wake up, get your head out from underneath the stand and understand that the world that we live in is a horrible place and it's not getting better. And there is no 
no answer outside the church. If I thought there was an answer out there, I'd say you ought to try this and you ought to try that. But the only hope that this world has is an experience with Jesus Christ and a Savior. And when the giants of your life stands towering over you, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to fear. You just need to say, I've got somebody that's on my side and his name is Jesus. And devil, you are a liar. This life is worth living when I live it for the Lord. cannot afford as a church to sit idly by while the world with its agendas while the world with its agendas are all up in the face of every one of our people you deal with it I deal with it they deal with it Sister Lisa, those precious kids that walk into those classrooms, they have gone through more hell than most of us have ever dealt with in our lifetime. And what they need you to do is tell them that the Goliaths of their world cannot take them down if they have the Jesus that you're... I'll tell you why Sunday school is awesome. Sunday school is awesome because Jesus is awesome. Oh, that's a really cute thing to say. You better believe it's cute. But just as cute, it's powerful. Because if you think we're only offering a little cute thing here and a little cute thing there, I'm going to tell you, cuteness doesn't cut it. I got four that's rights and a couple head shakes. I'm going to say it again. Cuteness doesn't cut it. And us doing our little patty cake praise on Sunday and say, oh, let's go eat. I'm going to tell you something, friend. There are people that are they're lost and they're headed to hell and they have no hope. And we've got to do something at First Church that compels us to understand that we in ourselves are not enough. We must have a Savior. We must not be fearful. We must not be afraid. I'm going to tell you something about fear and anxiety. It runs rampant. It runs rampant in our world. And it runs rampant in our church. I didn't even get a few head shakes there because you're scared to do it. You know why? Because we know. I know. I know what happens when you do that. Satan doesn't sit off on the sideline and go, oh, that's cool, preach. Preach, preacher, come. He's not somewhere in my amen corner. He doesn't want me to tell you what I'm telling you, but I'm going to tell you anyway. And the reason why is you're going to need to know that you cannot conquer fear and anxiety alone. Well, I'm just not sleeping at night, Pastor. I'm just, I'm fearful. I'm afraid, and when it gets dark, I, I start to, it makes it even worse. And I'm battling this, and I'm battling that. And I was preaching someplace not long ago, and some individual asked if I would pray for them because they battled fear and anxiety, and they, they, they couldn't sleep at night. And you know what I told them? What you need to do, the devil doesn't fight fair, and so you don't need to fight fair. You need to take the Bible to bed with you. You say, come on, preacher, what's wrong with you? You really don't believe that it's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword? Pierces even to divine son or soul and spirit joints tomorrow as a discerner of the thought and intent of the heart. If you don't believe that, no offense, but I'm not sure why you're here. Because we either believe the Word of God is what the Word of God says it is or we don't. 
What are we going to say to these things? You see, we have questions that we seemingly don't have an answer for. And you're right, we don't have an answer. We have a question. If God be for us, who can be against us? I said, take the Bible to bed with you. Put the Bible underneath your pillow. And I said, something else that you might consider is maybe you ought to take songs off your song list that don't belong, that don't belong there. If you've got Magruder's on your song list, leave it there. You're going to be all right. Do you need me? No, you don't need me to tell you what songs don't belong there. You know. I remember back in the day when, my God, they would, if something came out, they would preach against it. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I got a few nervous nods. I mean, my, my God, I've heard about places that they couldn't wear suspenders because they were Miami Bison. Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm not preaching against suspenders, but I am telling you this today. That there are some things that we're listening to and we're watching and we wonder. We wonder why we're dealing with hell, fear and anxiety when that's what we put in. Uh oh. Uh oh. What just happened here? Come on back to us preacher. Pastor, come on. Preach a little bit of faith. Tell us how, how he's... Tell us how the, the, the J-E-S-U-S, five smooths. I don't think it had a J. I don't think it had an E. I don't think it had an L. I think he had Jesus before he ever picked up the five smooth stone. But I'm going to tell you, there were some things that weren't in that bag. Man, I'm preaching right now. There were some things that weren't in that bag. And there are some things... All, all of y'all back behind these first few rows, you're like, preach to them young people. Tell them what they need to be watching, what they don't need to be watching, what they need. I'm going to tell you something, friend. It's not just young people that have bad things in their playlist. And I'm preaching about a playlist and I don't even know what that is. We have to be careful. We have to be careful what we consume you know, when I wake up and I'm like, oh, man, I feel terrible. Well, maybe if I wouldn't have drank four Cokes, ate 15 pieces of fried chicken, and had pizza the night before, I wouldn't be feeling, ugh. I should have went with the chicken wrap. And three bottles of water. But who want, who's planning on eating a chicken wrap and three bottles of water today? And if one little skinny person raises their hand, I'm going to preach at you. I've seen him eat, and he ain't eating chicken wraps. <laughs> what I'm saying is, we wonder why all the hell that's happening in our homes, but have we ever considered what's coming into our homes? I'm going to tell you something, friend. It is alarming to me. It is alarming to me how much time kids have screen time. It's alarming. Because you want to know why? It's easy. It's easy to say, oh, yeah, here's my. I, I was talking to a guy. I'm like, hey, you got your phone? He's like, no, my kid's got it. You know why his kid had it? He was watching something. He was playing some game. He was doing this. You say, oh, pastor, come on, really? You want to preach about this? Yes, I really do want to preach about this. 
I really do want to preach about this because I really do want you and your family to be saved. I really do. I love, I love the fact that we're getting more and more people coming. But if all we do is fill up a pew and watch the number climb and people sitting on our pews go to hell, what a failure First Church has been. But when people walk in, I want them to understand we're going to love them, but we're going to hate the sin that's trying to take them to hell and that we want them to be delivered. And if you haven't been delivered, you need to get delivered so that you can pray somebody through that needs to be delivered and not judge them for the hell that's happening in their life. We are not judges. We are people that love and tell them if God be for us if God be for us who Goliath man giant of a man where's my little chicken wrap guy tell him to come out here come out here Braxton mess with me eating chicken wraps and drinking three bottles of water come out here buddy I'm not going to do to you what I did to your brother. And then you got to be careful what you're preaching when I'm not here. Because I tuned in one Sunday when I was preaching somewhere else after my church got over. It was an hour ahead. And I tuned in. And Brother Littles is talking about when he gets excited, he takes his clothes off. I'm like, my God, what's happening at first church? I'm gone one Sunday and he's preaching. And then... He says, and I'm not going to do what pastor does and manhandle the kid and throw it. I'm like, man. So I'm not going to do to you, but I want you to stand right. I want you to stand right there and just look right up there. You got to imagine. Now, what does this look like to you? What does his chances look like? His only chance is to run from this big guy. This guy towers over Little David. This guy is a bully when he looks down on this little lad and says, send me a man. He intends with everything within him to strike fear into the little lad. But it is impossible to strike fear into a little lad that a lion comes to steal his sheep and he just show him your bare hands just like that. Just oh yeah. Look. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you today that these hands are lethal weapons. This little lad with his bare hands takes a lion that tries to come and get one of his little lambs. I wonder how brave are we, church? How brave? It's easy on Sunday to lift our hand and say, I have lost loved ones, but are we willing to go out there with our bare hands and devour the devourer? Are we willing to take a chance to get risky and say, we've got what you need? Are we willing to walk into a place that there's certain destruction and doom and desperation? Say, I have the answer. Because he knew when the bear came and the lion came that these hands were hands that had someone behind them. They were the hands 
of a Savior. The same one that spoke this world into existence empowered him. So when that giant towered over him, he didn't become fearful and afraid. But if he'd been playing Pokemon for 15 hours a day, And killing people as quick as he could. And watching trash and filth. And we wonder why people are making horrible decisions. It's all they've ever seen. I've had people say, my my kid cussed. I don't know where he heard that. Really? Have you been watching what he's been watching? Have you been listening to what he's been listening to? Am I telling the truth or not? Because they even say stuff on G. You kidding me? Not even PG, it's G. He said, I've been out there. When the lion came, I didn't let him have the little lamb. When the bear came, I tore apart the bear. Why? Because he had an answer for the question, what shall we say to these things? And his answer was, if God be for us, Who can be against us? And they said, Goliath, that's who. We're all scared to death. Have you seen that giant? Some of you, if you were honest, the reason why you don't sleep at night and the reason why you're challenged and the reason why you can't really fully commit to the house of God and the things of God is because you have a giant in your life. But I have a question that's really an answer today. If God... I want to remind you, it's not if God be for me. It's not if God be for you. It's if God be for us. I want to remind you about First Church, that we are a family. I'm going to tell you something about my brother. My brother makes me so stinking mad sometimes. There, I, there's nobody. Sister Shay's pretty close. They're pretty tight. Right? There's nobody that can make me any more mad. And man, I can say something about him. But you better not. Saying something about him. my brother. I gotta be careful. He cuts what little hair I do have left. Because we're a family. That's why I say today, it's not if God be for me. I'm saying today, if God be for us. If God be, we're a family. I want you to know, when you are having a weak moment and you are struggling, don't think, I can't go back to First Church. They'll condemn me. That's the devil lying to you. Because when you walk back into First Church, we're going to say, we love you and we want to help you out of the pit and pull you out of the problem and deliver you from the difficulty. I want somebody to know today, if God be for us, tell me who. giant towers over towers over this little lad now have you noticed this guy doesn't seem too nervous he seems pretty calm cool collected it's a nice watch you got there buddy that's awesome you're looking good man so he is wanting to go back to his seat but all right he comes out there you know what satan thinks when some of you say i'm gonna, I'm gonna start I'm going to start living for God. I'm going to, I'm going to start praying more. I'm going to start doing more for God. I'm going to start fasting. I'm gonna, Satan kind of looks at you like, that, this is what you're sending out against me? 
I think some of you have this warped perception of Satan. Satan wants you to believe that he is this big, bad giant, but he is not. He is as, he is not a roaring lion. He is as a roaring lion. He don't look too afraid. Why? He's already handled the lion. He's already handled the bear. And he knows he's got five smooth stones in that little bag. And it ain't the first time. I don't believe the first time he ever took that sling and sent that rock, that it was the first time he ever used that sling. I want to tell some of you, you need to practice praying. I want to talk to some of you that are intimidated to pray. I want to tell you that any way you pray is a good way to pray. You stumble and stutter all over yourself. I never, when I was a dad, had a little baby girl that was like, blah, 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 blah. That was beautiful to me. When they said dada, if they said anything that made a sound, I'm like, did you hear she said dada? Those are, when you're praying, I'm telling you, just get, just get along you and God and just start talking to God and get accustomed to talking to God. And when the giant comes like he will come because he is a bully, what you need to tell Satan is, this is not the first time I've been there. I'm putting this Bible underneath my bed and I'm going to pray in Jesus' name and he's going to put guarding angels round about me and I'm going to sleep tonight and God's going to give me the victory and I'm going to see victory over this habit and I'm going to see victory over this and I'm going to see victory over that because if God be for us, I want to know who. There is nothing. There is There's no one. There is. I think probably most of you here know the story that with the stone in the sling, just kind of go, just kind of put your arm around like that. Can you do that right there? Oh, yeah, just like that. (laughs) Give me five. Good job. You can go be seated. Good job, buddy. (laughs) Did you notice he was like, That's, that's, the way, that's the way that it can be for us. I want you to understand something. I'm not minimizing the hell that's happening in your home. See, because there are people that come into this sanctuary on Sunday that unless God does a miracle for them, they may not survive. Eternity weighs in the balance. And we can't come in and just check a box and say, we had church at First Church. It was wonderful. Did you hear Becca? That was such a sweet song. That was great. I love the way you sang that song. That's just so sweet. That's just so... And oh, yeah, that, this, this, that. No, you have to understand that this, this opportunity is an, is an opportunity that cannot be afforded that you miss it. You cannot afford to miss a moment the way this moment was. If it were not for a David, there would be a Goliath that would still reign supreme over the children of God. But David said, if God be for us, who can be against us? Who can be against us? What is it? Examine your own heart. Examine your own life. What is it that looms large in your walk with God? What is it that the enemy puts in your path? What is it that the devil lies to you about? I've, I've had people that have told me things about, about the church and the way they think the people of the church feel about them. I'm like, where in the world is that coming from? And I knew where it was coming from. The devil lies to people. 
He convinces them that this is a place that's filled with judgmental, harsh people. I want to remind everyone here that such were some of you. Such were some of us. So what are we going to say? What are we going to say when hell comes knocking at our door? What are we going to say when the giant looms large in our life? What are we going to do when the circumstance and situation becomes so severe? Could I remind you that the devil desires to steal, kill, and destroy? And it's not by accident that all hell is unleashing its fury against First Church and the people of First Church. You say, my God, everything was fine, and then all of a sudden this just happened. Man, we had this, and it was going great, and then all of a sudden this just happened. The devil is not celebrating what is happening at First Church. He is fighting against it because he does not want us to have the revival that God says that we can have. So what are we going to say to these things? I'll tell you what I'm going to say to these things. If God be for us, I want to know who can be against us. If God be for First Church, who can be against it? Stand with me. Now I could preach the rest of the day about circumstance and situation where if it wasn't for the Lord who was on their side, they would have experienced certain defeat, demise, and difficulty. I feel like in myself that I've sufficiently exampled the fact that when impossibility looks us right square in the face, we just need to look to the Lord and say, if God be for us, who can be against us? You say, well, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know the situation that I'm dealing with. And you're right. Most of you, I probably am not aware of the intimate details of your difficulty. But I want to remind you again that I am fully aware of the infinite possibility of my Savior. So I'm not belittling your difficulty. I'm only expounding upon the fact that His ability far supersedes whatever your difficulty may be. But it's Goliath. But it's the Red Sea. It's Pharaoh's army. I know, I know, I know. If God before us who can be against us so the question is really an answer because what the question is saying is it really doesn't matter that's what the question is really saying the statement the question makes is it really doesn't matter what your opposition is it doesn't really matter what your problem is it doesn't really matter what your difficulty is God you read the rest of that passage, you find that nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God. There's nothing that you can do that would cause Him not to love you. And if God loved us, hear this and understand this, if God loved us so much that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life, then don't you think He'll do for you what you need Him to? Heads bowed, eyes closed. I wonder if there's somebody here today that you're facing a circumstance. You're dealing with a difficulty. You've been challenged in your home. You've been challenged at work. There's fear. There's anxiety. There's perhaps oppression and maybe depression has determined that it would like to take you down. You're fighting this fight and you're fearful and you're anxious and you're afraid. 
We're not critical today. We understand exactly where you are. And if everyone were being honest, we could all say at some point in our lives, we've been there until we look to the hills from whence comes our help. And we understood that if God be for us, who can be against us? If you're dealing with something that you need help, I just simply want you to lift your hand heavenward. If you're dealing with something that you need deliverance, you need help, you need hope, you need healing, multiple hands have gone up. So don't fear that you are alone, but understand that many, if not all, that are in this house have something that they're going through that they need God for them. What I want to do now is make an invitation to you that you would step out from where you are and walk to the front of this building. And I promise you that if you will, we will not infringe upon you and get you out of your comfort zone. If you so desire, there will be people that will pray with you, but they will pray with you in an appropriate fashion. I want somebody to know, I want everybody to know that if you will walk to the front of this building, you will find that God is for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? As they begin to sing, I want you to come and experience a touch from the Savior that can save you. I want you to come and experience a miracle from our Master. If God be for us, I'm here to declare to you today that if God be for you, it doesn't matter who's against you. In the darkest of night, He 